Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Yeah, I come from the school of Tupac. I'm around. You don't Hold up. Taz, I want to ask you a question real quick. Let's just keep it real straight shot with no chaser. I'm going to get a little bit rough. I'm here for those who really believe in the American process. All of us. Straight shot, no chaser. With your girl, Tesla Figaro, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. What's happening, straight shooters? This is Tesla Figaro, your girl, bringing you a Instagram Live that I did with my brother, Killer Mike. I wanted to do what they say is kill two birds with one stone. So I wanted to share the live that I did with Michael Render, a.k.a. Killer Mike, to talk about voting and black voters. And I thought this would be a nice bonus to share with you. My apologies for the audio not being as clear as you are used to hearing with my phenomenal producers, Marcy Lapina and Dwayne Crawford. But this is pulled from IG and I wanted to share it. I hope you enjoy it. If you enjoy it, Please leave a review and let your girl know. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us uh, at the Black News. Kind of my camera got adjusted once he came in. Uh, the Black News Channel. I am Teslin Figaro, BNC contributor. And tonight uh, we have an exclusive interview with rapper, activist, entrepreneur, the host of the new Love and Respect with Killer Mike on PBS. My homie, my brother from another mother, the one and the only Michael Render, a.k.a. Killer Mike. How you doing? I'm doing good. Was that a fly intro, though? Being that you know how to command the mic. I, I, so, so you introduced me so well, I got impressed with myself. Right. <laughs> well, you should be. You are an impressive brother. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining me tonight. I don't want to take much of your time. It's so important 
I say this is an exclusive interview because although you and I are friends, we never did a one-on-one. People actually no, no, hear no, our conversation. Yeah, exactly. I'm one-on-ones on the phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so this is the first time uh, that you and I, that people will hear our conversation what we normally have on the back end. I don't know if we want to tell them everything we say, but we can try to... <laughs> it might be a little bit too real. But while I have you here, Mike, I want to kind of get straight to it. Um, there's a couple of things we want to talk about in respect uh, for your time. But first, before I get into politics, tell everybody about your new show, Love and Respect with Killer Mike. Well, there's a lot of division, divisiveness, hatred and visceral going on on regular news agencies, right? It's almost like you belong to a tribe or a team, depending on if you watch CNN or Fox or MSNBC. And to me, it's just that's not what I'm about. Um, I can do that and, and go have a rap beef. I think that the people who watch the same news my grandmother should watch, they, they should be more concerned with commonality, with conversation, with mutual understanding. And I decided instead of complaining that it's not out there to just go to the source of what kind of helped me understand the bigger world. When I was a kid, I grew up in a neighborhood called Akari Heights Adamsville community. It was a neighborhood started by black people for black people. So there were not many, if any, white people at all. I grew up in an all black universe um, where all my heroes and villains look like me. And because of that, my first kind of look into the outside world of people who weren't like me was PBS. So it was people like Fred Rogers the electric company, Sesame Street. And I said, what better place to take a show called Love and Respect than, than public broadcasting? So we just premiered in Atlanta. We're expecting to get picked up next year in more markets. But Revolt TV also partnered with them. So on Fridays, you can catch me um, at 10 o'clock and 1030 on WPBA in Atlanta. And then on Mondays, you can catch me in the evenings on Revolt TV and you can check it out. And we can talk from a place of love and respect. My inaugural show is our um, mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, our 60th mayor, second female mayor. She did an amazing job at showing people she's a human being. I think a lot of times because she's like you, Teslin, she's a brilliant, beautiful black sister. She's a little more conserved, right? From my neighborhood, you had the good girls and, you know, you had it kind of wild on the West Side. She definitely was one of the good girls, but her mom was a hairdresser. Dad was a singer. He had got locked up for, for drugs when she was a young person. They split her family apart. She pledged to herself to use education to reunite her with her friends and grow. And she did that. So you really got a chance to see her as a human being. My second show is going to be with Big Boy This Friday, um, who is an astute businessman. He's an icon, not only within music, but street fashion and wear. So you get a chance to kind of see Big as the dad and now is now like a cool grandpa. And I think that people enjoy seeing that. So my show is about showing the humanity of people and about doing that in a loving and respectful way. Versus telling people to join my team and bash someone else. Yeah, that's that's what a lot. What I think is strongest quality. You have an ability uh, to talk to various different people and can articulate uh, the message so that people can understand. You move through hip hop. You move through business. Being a business owner there uh, in Atlanta, Florida. Actually, I'm mean, not Atlanta. Just said Atlanta, Florida, <laughs> Atlanta, Georgia. You know, actually putting people yeah. to work and being able to merge those two worlds together and doing it in a way that is not disrespectful, Mike, but you know, I always tell you, very proud of you, um, really being able to articulate uh, the message in an important way, because what a lot of people don't understand is you have been an activist since 15 years old, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I was, a, I was an activist before I was a rapper or a businessman. Well, unless you count selling petty drugs, 
I tried that at 14. It didn't work out very well. For me. But I, uh, I, I've been an activist um, since with a group called Black Teens for Advancement, which was a group when violence was really starting to pop off in our high schools. Uh, former city council person, Kwanzaa Hall, who was then a high school senior, him and his homies got us little homies together. And they was like, yo, y'all gonna stop this because it's leading to too much violence. So either you guys gonna get together and, and mediate these things and end this violence, or we gonna beat y'all ass. And to be honest with you, as little homies, we started sitting down at a table and talking our beefs out, and it saved a lot of lives. On from there, I met a woman named Alice Johnson, who was an organizer um, out of Chicago and West Virginia. She was a she was a white woman. She was a social activist, and she was one of the first people that showed me truly not what an ally was, but a co-conspirator. Alice, much like you, was fearless. She thought that you don't organize for people, you organize with people. So the people that are that have the problems, if they're not on the board, then you don't have a board trying to help them. You're just trying to do some charity work to feel good about yourself. She was the first person to introduce me to Reverend James Orange, who was a member of the SCLC and organized with Dr. King. So I've been trained in organizing by the people who organized directly with Dr. King and SCLC, directly with the NAACP, um, directly with SNCC. And if it hadn't been for her and people like James Orange, I wouldn't be here. So long before I was a rapper, I was an organizer. My wife always reminded me that rapping is my job. So I got a really good job, but it also has given me a platform now to help mobilize people on the behalf of organizers that are still on the field organizing. Absolutely. And that goes right into the first topic. I want to talk about your mission before you say that, because this is what, um, you know, today, as a side note, we were able to see, you know, Julius Jones have uh, the board uh, is recommending his clemency. And one of the things I posted on my page for those who are listening to my page is actually at Teslin Figueroa. I have it pinned down and also Killer Mike uh, page for those of you who are joining from BNC. But one of the things I pointed out was that how it is so important that we have strategy. And, you know, you and I talk about this all the time. You know, people will say, well, you know, entertainers don't matter when they speak up or marching doesn't matter or protest doesn't matter or, oh, Tesla, you're just talking on TV. It doesn't matter. Or when I'm training somebody, it doesn't matter. And you and I talk a lot about having a collaborative effort, a strategic effort and what I call push the line and you call organize, strategize, mobilize, plot and plan. I'm saying it out of order, but it's all the, the same thing. But one of the yeah. things uh, I wanted to point out to you, and, and I always say this, and this this really hits home when you talked about allies. And, you know, I tell folks all the time that it, there are different levels, you know, to the game. And you do a wonderful job on allies, bringing in partners, uh, people of color, white, whatever, Jewish, yeah. Italian, whatever, you do a great job of bringing allies into the political fold. And it's so interesting because I actually, my staffing firm that I owned in Orlando with 300 employees was called the Allied Group. And so in business, I, I was, it. yeah, it, uh, it was actually called the Allied Group. And our mission was uh, said that we're a horizontal organization. Nobody's above or beneath the community, our clients and our candidates because it was a staffing firm guides our direction. So in business, I was very much about being an ally. In politics, Mike, I find myself being a soldier. I also was in the military. I was an M60 gunner in the military. And I say this because I want to bring this point home and then I'm going to give the mic back to Killer Mike. But I, I believe that there's roles in politics. We have allies that you talk about. We have accomplices that our sisters, shout out to Tamika uh, Mallory uh, with uh, Until Freedom, you and her were on the stage together at the Grammy Awards. And she talked about accomplices, which is folks that's riding along. You know, I always give the analogy from the hood, riding along in the car with you and they're driving you to the spot, but they don't necessarily put in the work. 
But where I feel my role is being a soldier, which is why my podcast is called Straight Shot, No Chaser, meaning that we also need soldiers. We need a small group of folks that are willing to put their fingers, their DNA all up in it and willing to risk it all. So with all three of those things, allies, accomplices and soldiers, I think we can move forward. So with that said, I want to hear your thoughts on that. And then I want you to explain how that ties into my strategy, which is push the line politics until something happens and into your mission, which is plot, plan, strategize, organize and mobilize. Yeah. Well, you push the line until something happens. If if you're familiar with pushing the line, that just means, hey, you you're not you're not going to stop that. You're not going to stop. That's one thing. When you when you when you when you look at on the street perspective, you say, man, am I going to, am I going to engage this person? You have to say, man, this, this person going to push the line on me. Like, what does that mean? That means that nothing's going to be safe. They're going to scorch the earth to make it happen. So if I engage this person, I have to make sure I'm all the way. That means if I'm on the seat next to this person, because you then it ain't enough just to be an accomplice. I, I got to be a co-conspirator. When you ride with somebody that's going to push the line, you got to know when I get in this car, I ain't trained. I don't get to say, let me get out. You know what I mean? That's I'm right. in this thing all the way. Or this soldier going to go on me. With me, with plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize, what I'm saying is, you know, first you plot something out. You think, is this a good idea? Then you get with other people, you plan. Then you strategize. You come up with what is a real strategy? If I show up and I sit on the lunch counter and I allow people to pour things on me and I allow them to, to the world to see how ugly that is, that's a moral compass to show the world that things need to change. America gets embarrassed. That changes. If you're still trying to do that mode of 60 years later, then I can guarantee you they've already out-organized around that. And now they might even be using your thing to say, well, this is reversing. So Dick Gregory told me and Tip, he cussed me and Tip good for what, about 45 minutes. I'm talking to my wife on my side. When me and T.I. first met <laughs> Dick Gregory, we got on, on the phone when we said, hey, Mr. Gregory, should we march? Should we hold on track? He said, nigga, we did that 60 years ago. What the hell did you niggas talk about? And cuss our black ass out. And what I understood at the end of that conversation is pushing the line means that I'm going to constantly be willing to reinvent what I'm doing to push the line. I'm constantly going to engage them. When I say plot, plan, strategize, organize and mobilize, organize is probably the the most powerful word in that. I've been watching a lot of Stokely Carmichael or Kwame Toure this week, and he always came back to the same thing. Black people across the globe need to be in a constant state of organization. Every time I talk to Tesla Figaro, I am met with a greeting. I love you, brother. I met with this is what's happening. This is what I'm encouraging. But I met with the challenge to organize. What are we doing on a ground level, boots to the ground, organize? And I am a mobilizer, meaning although I'm not on a day-to-day basis organizing next to Tesla, Tesla makes sure that I'm educated about what is going on. Others, including JB, who's the brother out of Tulsa, um, who's a rapper who first let me know about the Julian case. Brothers like um, Mr. Checkpoint out there. These people make sure I'm informed. And when it's time for me to get people in Bessemer, Alabama, to talk about what's going on in an Amazon factory, they make sure I have the information to help mobilize to get people there. And in his in his greatest of heydays, it's important to understand that Dr. King, although was was an organizer with the SCLC, what he grew into was one of the greatest mobilizers this country has ever seen. So when we say, especially in the black community, um, celebrities don't have a place in this. The only reason I knew who Malcolm is, because Malcolm is, they often use a cold clip of Malcolm critiquing the fact that we use comedians and stuff to, to get people together. I'd like to say that if it wasn't for people like Muhammad Ali, 
that some of the some of the message of Pan-Africanism wouldn't have gotten out after he joined the Nation of Islam and Exodus. If it wasn't for people like Dick Gregory, Malcolm's legacy would not have lived on. If it wasn't for entertainers like Spike Lee that did a movie, no matter how you feel about that movie, it piqued my interest. It was one of the reasons that I started reading about him. But I want to tell people this. Arnold Schwarzenegger was an actor. Ronald Reagan, who they call the greatest president ever, was an actor. When you look at John Wayne and Charlton Heston, who was the head at one, at one time of the NRA, both were actors. Sonny Bono is an actor. Al Franken is an actor. And I can go on and on and on with a lot of people that a white constituency and conservative constituency especially has used celebrity to mobilize people on their behalf. And what I'd like to encourage us to do is do less uh, less slander of, 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 um, of, of athletes and entertainers and more education. We have to do what Fred Hampton does. You have to broil it down to 10 specific points that are so simple, whether you give it to little baby, the baby, or even some third graders, some babies, that is easily easily digested and it's easily easily understood and easy to get back out there. So rather than slander one another, rather than put each other down, let's come up with a very simple, effective 10 points and let's start to educate one another so that we get on point so that when our organizers, our leaders like Tesla Figueroa are ready, you get mobilizers like me that come stand next to her, make sure the crowd is there, say my piece, and then give the stage to truly the organizers that are going to give us instruction. Yeah, and I think that's where uh, the disconnect is. You are okay with passing the mic, uh, but what we've seen, and this is not with celebrities, I'm, I'm talking about just elected leaders who have just become comfortable in leading every discussion. When we, I don't know why we're so anti-actors, because to me, almost everybody in, in politics is an actor. <laughs> Especially this Congress that we're seeing right now. These are, these are, that's right. These are Oscar Award winning actors. In fact, we we need a whole a whole new award section for for those that act the best. But with that said, it is it is really the ego um, that is the challenge where people don't want to move aside, and it's so disappointing because we're not asking you to move out the way. We're just asking you to pass the mic so that when we always say each one teach one, everybody can be touched. Everybody doesn't hear the same message for the same people. We have to be able um, to have various messages, talk to various demographics to touch them all. Shout out for BNC News for allowing me even to have, you know, this conversation. This would never happen on an MSNBC, a CNN or Fox News. No diss to anybody, but I don't see IG handles being lent to folks at least like me and you to have a very candid conversation, not telling us what you can and cannot say. So again, black media is important, those platforms, but we still need to be able, be able to go over to PBS like you're doing. Or when I go to Fox News, we still have to get all of those uh, all of those platforms dominated and understand that we have different perspectives. So with that said, I want to get straight into the politics of some things because again, I know we're going on time. Tomorrow is a big uh, election race. Um, we could go on and on about if the plotting and the planning and the organizing was on point, because really, if we were to have this conversation, we would go all the way back uh, when I became an independent voter uh, in 2012, when Democrats lost then. What people are seeing, Mike, for the first time is a repeat of what happened last time. But the thing is, the difference is people were uh, so in love with Barack Obama that they didn't want to hear anything I had to say about the lack of yeah. organizing that was going on on the ground. Barack Obama did yeah. a, uh, President Barack Obama did a magnificent job with Organize for America, but people did not necessarily learn how to implement that on the ground. 
And so when you have a lack of organization, when you have a lack of planting seeds, why should we expect a harvest tomorrow? So give us your thoughts on um, on that. And then I want you to talk about how Virginia, how do you see Virginia really laying the groundwork? And just as a point of clarity, Virginia has always lost uh, whatever power was in office. Virginia has uh always went in the opposite direction. However, except when Terry, uh, Terry ran the last time, he actually did, uh, was able to uh, keep the same power in, in Congress. So tell us, what do you see uh, for Virginia? And what does that mean? Not just people know, are very familiar with you being a surrogate for Bernie Sanders and a progressive, but people also don't understand that you can have a conversation outside of that. What do you see Virginia as being the telltale sign on what we should expect in 2022? And is it because we did not, or they did not follow the the philosophy of Fred Hampton? Well, yeah, because you don't, the Democrats have done, a, have, have done an amazing job at calling their girlfriend, their proverbial girlfriends at two, three in the morning and not delivering anything for their birthday. You know, there there's a, there's a phenomenon that when they're in trouble, they, they come out and they say, hey, we're in trouble. We need you to flip Georgia. We need you to flip Texas. And we got something for you when we're done. What you have for me is never clearly defined, is usually reactionary in some kind of way, saying protect us, is very often not affirmative in saying this is what we want and this is what we deserve. And I think that Virginia may suffer because of that. Um, and beyond Virginia may suffering, I think in 2022, the Democrats are prepping to get beat pretty badly because when you have a woman, I saw on Sunday, Sunday morning news, um, say that I can't afford to get two gallons of milk for my babies a week because gallons of milk are now five dollars. When when you see people, whether the headlines are true or not, when a headline runs that says forty five billion promised to HBCUs, two billion on, is only only two billion is getting to them. Whether that's inflammatory or not, if you're not ahead of the story to say this is happening. People feel bad. Oftentimes when I talk to candidates locally, what I say to them is if and when elected, what wins are you going to give people early? Because people need affordable housing. People need to know that something is being done about homelessness. People need to know that jobs are coming. And if you don't do that, then people are going to feel like they've wasted their time. They're going to get apathetic toward the political process. So although I hope I don't see that in Virginia, the danger is there. Although I hope I don't see that in 2022, the danger so there that Jim Clyburn um, has popped back up out of South Carolina, this time not to sabotage anyone's campaign, but to say, oh, shit, boss, we in trouble. And if we're, if, if we're saying that now, then we have to start saying if we're not going to whoop them locally or state, I mean, statewide or nationally, what can we do locally? So I implore everyone to not worry as much about Virginia. If you're not going to Virginia to help by boots on the ground, if you're not actively putting out positive stuff, encouraging people online, and if you're not active, if you're not actively able to get there and influence, focus on what's going on around you. Because in Atlanta right now, we have a very hot mayoral race is going on. And it's not the fact that the mayoral race is hot because policy is getting discussed. To me, it's become a muslinging affair. It's become something very dirty. Um, and it's going to hurt black candidates in this city as this city becomes less black in the up and coming elections to come in the next 20 years. I think it's wrong. The type of um, the type of campaigns that I'm seeing run. I think it's ugly. And I think that there's something that's going to come back karmic to bite us in our butt in Atlanta. I'm seeing mayoral candidates approached by old mayors 
inciting it in some way because of association. These people are corrupt. When I could easily say the same thing about that mayor, I'm seeing mayor or your candidate stand next to people who are Trump supporters, obvious white supremacists, say they have not seen a fair election in 40 years. And mind you, we've had people like Maynard Jackson, Google him, Andy Young, Google him, able to bring economic prosperity to the whole and make sure that our community was taken care of. And I think that we're making a big mistake in Atlanta in the way we're campaigning. So I poor other black cities like Charlotte, Columbia, um, Jacksonville, Tampa, Birmingham, to look at the mistakes that are being made now. Because oftentimes, after Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi talk shit about each other, afterwards, the day after, they on the same board meetings that we're not in, besides right. infrastructure, that we're not in. Like That's I like right. Representative Ford was telling y'all, she was like, hey, y'all, we done finished fighting and we done got everybody elected and none of us at the table to decide where the money goes. If we don't start getting in a room by ourselves to say, what's this going to look like for our community? If we only start running and keep running about ego and title and prominence, then we're going to lose those seats. We're going to lose real footing in our ability to help our community. And it's all going to be because of pride and ego and lack of organizing. What Tesla tells us on a constant basis is we must be boots on the ground, pushing the line, organizing. That is the exact same thing that Kwame Torres said to us. What she also said is there are certain things we don't need to involve ourselves in. Certain public debate is not about us. Step to yourself privately. Get with your neighborhood units. Get with your city council people and do what George Jackson implored you to do. Get you a secret army. Get you a secret mm -hmm. army of voters together. Get you a mm -hmm. secret shooting club together. Get you a mm -hmm. secret fruit and vegetable bottling club together. But I'm telling you, if we do not do for self, we're going to be all the only ones on the outside of the gates while everybody else in the city feasting in the next two or four years. And we're going to regret it. And we're going to be turning around, looking for our allies, and they're going to be gone. We're going to be looking mm -hmm. for our accomplices. They're going to be the way fed and turn rat on us. And if we have any co-conspirators, <laughs> they're going to be few and far between because they're going to be there hauling them from a tree already to scare us. So I'm telling you, get about your shit. Because if you're not about your shit, in 2022, the Republicans are definitely going to be shitting on you. <laughs> I know that's right. Perfect analogy. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Got my Prevna 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. 
Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. You know, I encourage people local, uh, you know, if, if, if federals is, is is frustrating you again, local races, city races, a city commissioner, mayor. We're only talking about four or five people in most cities, seven people, 10 people. Some of the larger cities may have 10 or 12 uh, in in our in um, in Orlando is six commissioners and a mayor. That's a lot of power. So when you're trying to figure out. Well, hey, how come Cory Bush can't get him to do this? Or how come Bernie Sanders can't get him to do this? And a body of hundreds of people that represent people all over the country. Get involved in your local race and you'll be surprised on what can actually happen. I'm always trying to do training. I want to give this plug to everybody. I'm always trying to do free training. My goal is to have a thousand people, boots on the ground, by midterms next year to get some type of game, some type of knowledge. Because I think we, we don't do enough political education. We do a lot of forums and interviews and talks. But I'm really trying to do that. I'm looking forward to working with, with you next year on some things uh, when it comes to actually voter education as well. Well, we're going to do that. We're, we're definitely going to do a push the line, plot, plan, strategize, collab. I think that you are one of the most able and willing teachers there. If my if my presence helped mobilize, and not only my presence, my money, because we're going to scholarship some people in Atlanta. I don't want you using money as an excuse not to come. We're going to get some boots on the ground organizers with you. And we're going to organize. I, it doesn't ultimately matter to me what the people decide. It matters that the people decide and decide yeah. from a place of education. I've long been telling people that I honestly think there's going to be some type of split. I think you're going to see black households split. I think you're going to start to see black men go to a more conservative voting base because a lot of their reward they're seeing. And this is what I'm hearing in the barbershop. They fed up with this. I vote for you. I don't get shit shit. And, and I think that those men, before they make the drastic decision to go all the way to the other side, that they need to understand what being independent can do. They need to mm-hmm. sit in a room with Tesla and say, well, how can 20 black men affect an election in one of the war? I mean, in one of the um, zones in Atlanta? 
And I think that if we start doing these small victories and these small victories start affecting things on a small level, then you start to see bigger change. Now, I'll give you an example. There's a woman named Chief Judge Asha Jackson in DeKalb County. I knew Chief Judge Asha Jackson was going to be Chief Judge when we was 11 years old. Because when we was 11 years old, she was pushing the line on our ass already. She was like, we going to college. You're going to do this. I'm going to do this. This is 11 years old. Her last two years of high school, she struggled with homelessness. Her and her mother, we did not have any idea. Her last two years, she was like, Michael, I'm dyslexic. So it was hard for me to write my paper. She said, you write it out. Don't you worry about it. I'll type it out. Typed my papers out, made sure I got into college with Morehouse. She went up to Buffalo, went to college. She's now chief judge. She started a program to end recidivism where she allowed people who may have been caught up in bullshit in her court to have an opportunity to take a year to change their life instead of going to jail. Miss Ali, who was a woman who was in juvenile court in Fulton County forever, was appointed to a position by a Republican governor. This very progressive woman from juvenile court was appointed. So Chief Judge Asha Jackson is a woman who grows up, goes to Frederick Douglass High School, comes out, he's a lawyer, now a judge, creates a program that gets picked up by a progressive woman that's appointed by a conservative governor. This program now, instead of men getting and women getting out of jail with 25 bucks and a sack of clothes, get out with resources to help them really get in acclimated towards society and become citizens again and not just recidivism numbers again. This is the power of doing things on a local level. So I implore people, as you get caught up in the national fervor, right, as you get caught up in what's happening in Virginia and D.C. and those places, don't forget what's going on 10 blocks around you. Because you, whatever you're doing in your city can become the prototype for other cities to use to become better for their citizens and more progressive. One other example I give you is Mayor Ted, who was in one of the smallest municipalities in the state of Georgia, out in Clarkston. He decriminalized marijuana a full two or three years before a city like Atlanta did. And thankfully, under the city council at that time in America, Sam Reed, they followed his plan. They also decriminalized marijuana up to an ounce. And it has allowed a lot of kids who were in college who would have lost their scholarships, the ability to stay in school. It has lost a lot of black men and women who would have lost their jobs, the ability to keep their jobs and take care of their families. I think it was one of the wisest decisions he did as mayor. And I look forward to more wise decisions coming on a local level because people understand people are ready to be more progressive on the ground. Absolutely. And even when you see what the city of L.A. is doing, uh, pushing some of the most progressive police reform, when you look at Colorado, uh, completely ignored, you know, a state that actually ended qualified immunity has one of the most progressive yes. uh, uh, police reform policies in the country. When you look at Houston. What Houston has done with a black mayor, Houston is number four, fourth largest city in the country. And you look at the fact that he banned chokeholds immediately uh, after George Floyd yeah. was murdered. When you look at he actually created yeah. an easier way to report uh, police misconduct, you know, using technology, which you don't see on the federal level. When you look at the fact yes. of, that he has put in place about body cameras, pushing 24 hour voting, all of those things were done with a snap of the finger because at the local level, it is the executive branch. Yeah. There is no Joe Mansions. There is no cinemas. Absolutely. There is no thousands of people, you know, to get to determine. It's usually about six or seven or 10 or 15 that make a decision and you can push the line. And when I go over training, when I get into that, I show people how a lot of these states, Mike, 
You and I talked about it the other day because you were like, wow, we were talking about, I was telling you about Compton. And I was saying, even though you have 600,000 people registered to vote, it's only 10, 20,000 people that come to the polls. Some cities, I've even seen 5,000, 4,000, 1,000 that actually come to the polls. So it doesn't require a whole lot of numbers uh, to get to the polls to actually win. And so on Thursday, just another shout out, I'm doing a question and answer. I have a whole training program called Are You Gonna Run For Office or Run Your Mouth? And on Thursday, 8 p.m. on my Instagram live, I am answering questions, questions and answers um, to give you more tools on what you need to do to run. Because a lot of folks have put their name on the ballot and be surprised. Shout out to Commissioner Regina Hill, who is running again to be reelected tomorrow. She was arrested, Mike, 21 times, was a felon. I ran her campaign as director of uh, com uh, communications in 2014. And she won the first time out, beat a 16 year legacy incumbent. So I know what can be done. She's it. as real as it gets and don't get no realer. So they can it. they can say whatever they want to say about her. But one thing about Regina Hill, she's about getting to work. So I will talk about that at another time. But before we get out of here, I do. You touched a little bit on black men. And that, that was I'm glad you said that because that's the last point I want to drive home. And for those in the comments, my Instagram page is at the bottom pinned. And so is Killer Mike. So if you're joining us from the BNC family, please follow my brother, Killer Mike. Those who are joining from Killer Mike's page, please, please follow me. Uh, Tesla Figaro down. It is pinned at the bottom again. Shout out to BNC News for making this happen. My last question to you, Mike, you mentioned black men. And so I want to ask you, you said, you know, black men are getting tired and fed up. And one of the things that we see as we talk about black voters, we know that black men are included in black voters because obviously black voters are black men and black women. But there has been conversation in particularly in Atlanta on how black men uh, and all over the country. But I want to speak specifically to Atlanta because obviously that was who was courted the most and dated the most and, you know, went did put so many resources into flipping Georgia. But black men are feeling, I'll ask you, are they feeling left out? Is it, are they left out because maybe the media has a fear of black men? Are they left out because honestly, black women do vote in higher numbers, um, but we know they can vote in higher numbers for several reasons. One of them is voter suppression, but are they left out because like you said, they kind of like, forget it. I don't want to be a part of that anymore. Why are black men feeling left out? And two, is there something we can do about it? And to my sisters, are you willing to allow black men to lead? You know, there's always a conversation, black women lead, black women lead. And I'm all about that because I, for far too long, black women have not had a chance to lead. But we also complain that black men are not leading enough households. So my question to you is, can black men lead their household? And for, for ladies, before you get mad and start adding me, understand that when we are voting, much like white men, the household votes. And if black men are leading their households, you're usually following that black man because that black man, because that's certainly what white women do. They follow their white men, which is why so many white women voted for Trump. So I want to ask you those questions. Three things. Why are black men feeling left out? Are they left out by choice or is the media making it that way? And three, is the black community prepared for black men lead? Well, black men are being left out because we're being left out purposely. Black men do come out and vote. We vote over 90 percent Democrat. And when I'm talking about black men now, I'm specifically talking about black working class men. Those men that I see standing in the line in their work uniforms before work, during lunch and after. Those men deserve acknowledgement. Those men deserve praise. And those men deserve something for their vote. 
So I'm going to say that to all politicians. If you do not start paying attention to the black worker class man, you're going to see even greater absences in the black vote because they're part of the black vote because you're not servicing them. When you talk as a Southeasterner, right, running for governor or running for mayor, and you speak against, say, for instance, the AR-15 rifle, when you speak against that, and I live in Camilla, Georgia, or I live in Brunswick, Georgia, or I live in North Florida, you probably losing my vote as you say that national policy because I have to live next to the people with the 75-foot rebel flags hanging above the one. And I'm not going to live there and not have a rifle. There's no way. So you need to understand the nuance and how to talk to me. You need to help me understand why it makes sense for me to want another workforce even to come into my community that may be competing with my job. You're losing a lot of us regionally. Because you're te- you're doing total line politics nationally and you're not paying attention to what my needs and wants are. You're not doing enough to help make p- more positive child support laws. There are states where I have to pay child support and the woman is not forced to allow me to spend time with my children. You somewhat politicians are going to get clever enough to say, hold on, that's not right. You know, in terms of black men being left out of the media um, discourse, absolutely they are. Because if you put a man in the media discourse, then you're going to start hearing some man answers, especially the working class man. They like putting the brothers who went to Morehouse with me and went to some of the HBCUs. And then you get to Ivy League, the Harvard and Yale. They like putting us up there. Right. But they don't necessarily want our uncles up there because our uncles going to say, <laughs> before I give you something, what you got for me? Because I also used to sell dope in the 80s. And he understand <laughs> commerce. You understand? And, and, in ma- and in matters of a black man leading a household, I just want to say from the time. Now, uh, but now, hold on. Before you answer that, because I want complete clarity, because I see some comments that I am not talking about uh, leading the household literally. I mean, the vote. I know you understand. But, you know, people are always looking for a way for, for black men and black women to beef. So I want to make sure that they understand clarity on what I'm asking when we fill out the census, when we fill out polls, when we vote yeah. to houses, typically vote together. You can have a house where you may have a Democrat and Republican. But when I say lead the household, I'm talking about actually the vote, not who says what bills are paid and so forth. I want to put that out there because, you know, they love looking for reasons to separate us. So go ahead so and answer that. Me and this lady right here have a talk. Before before I vote, I sit down and I say, so who you like and why you like them and what's best for our household and what's best for our business and what's best for the community. Now, a lot of times, I know you said you don't want to be on camera. A lot of times we we, we agree because to be honest, financially, my wife would be much more conservative than than me. I'd be with, let's, let's, let's help everybody. Let's do everything. She'd be like, Negro, please. We, we, we got to make sure that we <laughs> right. make these profit lawsuits. We got 50 employees, you know? Right. Um, but voting has never happened in a vacuum just between men and women in our community. Frederick Douglass warned that um, voting should be given to, to not only black people, but women at the very same time. Because America was smart enough not to do that in their devious ways, they split the abolitionists and the women's suffrage movement. Soon after black men got the right to vote, Black men were in churches in South Carolina voting. Black women had shotguns and rifles surrounding that church to make sure them hooded Klansmen was not going to interrupt that voting process. But before the vote happened, a discussion happened. So I run my household the same way my grandparents ran. You know what that means? Equally yoked in discussion together. As a man, it is my job to be the captain, the point person, the leader, the spokesman. But I do not lead, speak, or point just for myself. It is a consensus that comes between me and my woman. And oftentimes, me, my woman, and our greater family. 
So for me, when I say I'm a black man, I'm the leader, that just means I'm a quarterback on the field. If you ain't got no offensive lineman, you ain't got no running back, you ain't got no wide receiver, you just going to be a beat-up-ass quarterback on the back of that field. So although I'm in charge of leading, I lead. we lead according to morals and principalities, not just on a whim that Michael may wake up on. So I encourage black families to sit down, turn off your TV, talk to each other over the kitchen table like I saw my grandparents do, talk to your neighbors, decide what's best for you as individuals, for you as a couple, what's you for your household and your neighbors, and move accordingly. Don't let these TV folks and don't let people from other communities split you up. Don't let them split you as a family. Don't let them split you as a community. Don't let them split Come you on. as organizations. Because like my grandfather was fond of telling me, that's them folk business. That ain't got nothing to do with me and your grandma. <laughs> that's right. No, that's right. <laughs> State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Got my Prevna 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, Mike, you said it, you ended it, dropping the mic as usual. So important. I wanted to touch on that because it's so, so important um, that as you talk about 
uh, the mission to plot, plan, strategize, organize, mobilize, that we do need each other. As I talk about Push the Line, my Push the Line logo, as you know, has uh, two men and two women and a child on the side that's watching. Two men and uh, two people in a business suit and two people in street clothes. All of them are pushing the line. One is pushing the P, one's pushing the U, the S, and the H. And what people notice on that shirt, they're not looking to the side to say, well, what is Mike doing and why Mike ain't doing this? They're looking ahead and they're looking forward. They're pushing forward, paying attention to what can I do? Is that on social media? Is that sign a petition? Is it donate $5? Is it being the Aaron or is it being the Moses? But the goal is, is that you are actually pushing the line politics until something happens. And if we do that, we can move forward. And I did that logo strategically with two men and two women for a reason and a child on the side because what they see, they will be. And so if they can see us continue to connect like this on Black News Channel to talk about issues that are pertaining to the black community are to watch you on PBS, but making sure that you also had an air on Revolt TV, which is also owned by a black man, our brother, Sean Puff, what they call Puff Daddy Combs. Um, so all of that is important as we continue to organize, as we continue to move forward. I want to thank you and your wife for the time. Shout out to Mrs. The Mrs., who, who is in charge of it all. Respectful to her. Wonderful, well, I wonderful. I had to come in and tell you thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, honey. <laughs> she, I want, I want. Look, I'm voting with him. Yeah. We, we sit out in the household. We decide what we want outside of our household, and we make that decision together. So when That's he right. says this is who we're voting for, we'll talk about why we're voting for him, and we vote. We vote together. Hey, y'all do everything together. Y'all go to the club together. Y'all travel together. Y'all y'all go everywhere. Y'all need to go see. If y'all want to see what a real hip-hop couple... It could be a whole hip love and hip hop just on the Renda family alone because they do everything <laughs> together. It's a beautiful love, a beautiful relationship. I wish I wish I could say the same to have that type of camaraderie. But it took you. You had to go through a lot to get there. You know, and it's not everybody's business oh, yeah. to know. But y'all had to go through a lot to get there. She had to get me together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You definitely got gathered. <laughs> but but I, I want to I tell everybody this, man. I know a lot of times. Tessa, you are like our Deborah of the Bible. You are truly a warrior and a woman that I, as a man, would gladly follow in, follow in the battle because that's what the Lord has intended me to do. I want to tell the people that take time to spread negativity online that, um, like I just seen a brother, he said, sell out. Brother, you on IG. If you're going to call me a sellout, do it on Black Panther. That shit don't mean nothing. I want to say <laughs> that the time that you spend sending negative messages and doubtful words you should spend with young people in your community trying to help them be better organizers by becoming one. The time that you spend disparaging people online, you should spend in your community actually doing something good. And if not, then I just know you're COINTELPRO. And I don't care what you say. I believe that many of the people on our front lines are really just federal agents. And long after we gone, we're going to see a list of a lot of the niggas that I knew that work, that we're going to say work for the government the same way they did with Dr. King. I remember asking Andy one time, if y'all knew that guy was working for the feds, why did y'all talk in front of him? And they said, we just said a bunch of misinformation and time he got out the room, we did the real planning. So just know, Negroes, <laughs> we know who you niggas are. We're going to give y'all a lot of fake and phony information. And when you run back the master with the wrong plan, we'll be coming with the right one. That's right. And we're going to know and we gonna know who told because we know we gave you the wrong plan on purpose. See, that's a difference. We come from the streets. We're a little bit different than the ones on, on all those other networks. And I also want to say this to anybody saying something negative. The best way you can prove this to me tomorrow is go live at the job. Go take your phone. Do what me and Mike do. Go live to tell your supervisor how you feel and make sure you go live. Tell them how you really feel. Call them.
call them all kind of white yeah. supremacists. Call them out on cable news like I do in front of 55 million people. And then you yeah. can come ride with the homie. Until then, baby, you're not my colleague. You are simply my student. So Absolutely. I want to <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. The homie killer. See, they don't never want to do that. I call it consequence of, yeah. cons- cons- of the consequences of consciousness. They love typing. Boy, they love typing. But when it come down to showing their real name, when it come down to showing their face, when it come down to saying this is my first and last name so the feds can really come looking for you to get on that list, oh, they get real quiet then. So we know who you are, like Mike said. We appreciate you chiming in because you made the numbers look good for us. So shout out. To you, Killer Mike, and the entire, well, Michael Renders, who we had this evening, yeah. uh, join us in the entire Brenda family. We want to thank you so much. We love you. Thank you for giving us your time. And anything else you want to shout out that we just need to remember before we get out of here on, on, on your next upcoming project? I know we mentioned at the beginning to watch Love and Respect I, with Killer Mike, but just in yeah. case they join us at the end, tell us where they can catch that this week. You can catch it on, on WPBA, which is Georgia PBS's station on Fridays. Uh, you can catch it on Mondays on Revolt TV. I would like to encourage the people that are listening from Atlanta to please go out and vote tomorrow. Um, if you want to know who I'm voting for, I'm voting for the person that Andy Young endorsed. And that's because I trust Andy Young as a leader. I know he has had over 70 years of experience. I know he has been a mayor of my great city. He brought $40 billion into this city in 1996, $11 billion, which directly went into black contractors, companies, and hands and workers. I trust that black leadership has done a great job for over 120 years here, not just as mayor, but Alonzo Herndon. When you look at the Bronner brothers, we are we are a city where black people can and will. Much like D.C., much like Chicago, much like out of Compton, much like out of places like Inglewood. So I just want to say black cities everywhere, municipalities, do what's best for yourself. Please get out and vote tomorrow. The last two mayoral elections in Atlanta were decided by less than 750 votes. That's how important your vote is. I love and respect you immensely. Again, leader, I will follow you into battle anytime, Tez. Let me know when needed, and let's do this more often. Next year, look forward to me and Tez to make sure that people can get there and learn how to organize, and I'll see y'all next time. All right, honey. Peace. Thank you so much to Killer Mike again for joining us on BNC News. Um, The audio went out a little bit, but what Killer Mike was telling you is that next year, stay tuned to both of us because we are going to come to your city. We can't touch everybody, but we're going to stop by a few cities like they used to say. It's an old school song that said, an old rap song. I'm in your city. I'm always trying to, I'm always trying to do a little audition, y'all. I'm trying to get Mike to give me at least, can I sing a hook or something? A little rap or two and 16 bucks. When y'all hear the voiceover on Love and Respect and you say, I know that's voice. Yeah, that's Ted. She doing the intro. That's right. Dude, so I'm gonna get on this record. I'm gonna get on this record one way or the other. But go ahead, Mike. Salute. I salute you, homie. I'm gonna let you get out, and I'm gonna wrap it up with the folks. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining. That was wonderful. Exclusive interview with me, Tesla Figaro, Killer Mike. At the bottom, you can follow me, Tesla Figaro, on my page, uh, and follow Killer Mike as well. Thank you so much, BNC family. I know this is new. You don't see BNC News go live a lot. So um, this was something new that we wanted to check out, see how it how it vibed, how it worked. If you love it, let BNC News know. You certainly can drop a comment, drop a line, follow me. I am on pretty much every day 
uh, on BNC News, various shows throughout the day. I'm always posting the clips. I'm always going in. I am an independent voter, uh, so I do not lean one way or the other. I am truly a straight shot, no chaser, political commentator. Again, thank you so much, BNC, for making this happen. This has been your girl, Tesla Figaro. I hope you appreciated it. It was a wonderful conversation. I hope to be able to do more. So signing off, y'all. Remember, BNC News, it is available. You probably don't know. And for those of you just now coming in, available on your cable listings. You may not even know that you have it. So check your cable listings like Xfinity, uh, AT&T, DirecTV, Dish. It's all on BNC News or check out BNC Go, where you can get that on plenty of streaming networks. This your girl, Tesla Figaro, signing off for BNC News. Have a good evening. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.